let's just get started. So last night uh, was an epic baseball game. Kansas City Royals beat the Oakland A's. Our friend Eric Tietzel here, who we just saw in New York at our uh, Eric Metaxas, Dennis Prager, Kirsten Powers event the other night, flew back home to be at this event. Walk us through, give us some of the highlights of what has to be one of the you know more memorable sporting events you've ever been to. Oh, no, no question about it. Um, and not just me. I mean, my dad who is, you know, in his 50s and has been a sports fan his entire life, he was saying before the game that he's never been more excited to go to a game. He's a Royal season ticket holder. And, uh, and it was, uh, uh, it was amazing. I feel like I, I woke up this morning with a hangover uh, because <laughs> my throat hurts. My head is sort of pounding. Um, from the first, it sounds like a cliche to say, you know, you hear this every time the crowd is into it from the first pitch to the last, but I mean, wait, sorry, were, were you at a baseball game or huffing paint in your garage? What, <laughs> what happened that you feel that way? It's just 40,000 people at this stadium um, cheering on a team that has done nothing. There's an article in the, in the, in one of the Kansas City publications recently that was trying to, capture for people who don't understand just how futile Kansas City's baseball experience has been. Um, and it's not that they've just been like mostly bad, um, like the Cubs who obviously haven't won a world series in forever, but there have been moments where the Cubs were competitive over the course of the last couple of decades, 2007 yeah. being, um, or 2007, 2000, sorry, and 2008. 2000. Yeah. We had like the best record in the National League, and then swept. We haven't won a. Pl- we've lost uh, eleven straight playoff games. FYI. Well, so that's bad. But you've the point is you've been in eleven playoff games in recent history. The Royals haven't come close to being competitive in twenty nine years. I think in two thousand three, maybe they had a winning record. And kind of maybe competed for the division. That's it. That's it since George Brett. I mean, in my entire lifetime, I was one and a half years old the last time the Royals won the World Series. And ever since, they haven't made the playoffs. They haven't even lost a playoff game because they haven't made the playoffs. (laughs) So to have this happen now was just like the ultimate cathartic can't believe we've been waiting for this this whole time. And people were pretty excited. And it, it, it was actually a little a little uh, sad to me that listening to sports radio and things, people were saying, you know, no matter what happens tonight, we've made the playoffs. We've broken through the season's success. And I was like, I don't know, like after 29 years to just be done after one playoff game, uh, that, that wouldn't, that wouldn't be awesome. <laughs> no, <laughs> not at all. I, I never understand that. Like I get the, uh, sort of, I, I mean, I, I, my mind comprehends what they're saying, but my, none of my emotions agree with it because that for that long of a season, baseball, 162 games, uh, the Royals had a, an excellent season. And to get to that point and to have lost, I mean, you could say that was fun, I guess, but at some point after three decades, you want to see these guys win a game. Exactly. Exactly. And that, so that's the context for, for last night. And, um, man, <laughs> it's like there were so many twists and turns in that game. Actually, today I, we get the MLB network, and I, I turned it on because I saw that they were doing their highlight show where they basically just cut out all the outs 
uh, except for the important ones and just show um, the scoring plays and stuff like that. And um, I couldn't believe the number of times when it was like, all right, this needs to happen. And then that happened. And then this needs to happen, whether it was, you know, obviously going down two runs to nothing in the first inning, coming back to take a three to two lead. And then you have Ned Yost's decision in the sixth inning, which um, we could spend a lot of time talking about if, if you really want. Yeah, to he on. pulled the starting pitcher James Shields out in a in a close game and brought in uh, Ventura, who's a starting pitcher, had never pitched in relief, and he gets he gives up what three three or four runs? Five, five runs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and I mean, <laughs> so. I, I mean, sorry, let me just interject here and say, even for someone who's listening to this who isn't a baseball fan, which is my wife and sadly most people I hang (laughs) out with here in Los Angeles, uh, even she sitting on the plane, we were watching it flying back from New York City and and, on Virgin America, um, and I'll have some comments on that airline and some of our experiences after Eric's done with the story, but just sitting there on the plane watching that, Whitney was into it. Um, uh, I, I feel like the nation, especially if you follow on Twitter, you know, people, everybody was watching this thing. And and to understand, you know, people's complaints about baseball is that it's too slow or there's not enough runs or whatever. And some of those are, are that's fine if that's your opinion. And even sometimes I feel like that. But this was a game. I mean, this was this, this was had every twist and turn, yeah. comebacks and back and forths and every scenario that you could hope for home runs and small ball. Uh, if there was ever a game that you would want the nation to watch to like reinvigorate its its love affair that it used to have with baseball, this was it. I think so. Yeah, I don't think I mean, it was just so interesting and fun and dramatic Um I mean, I, I felt sick <laughs> coming home. It was like being on a roller coaster because it was just one thing after another. And well, what uh, did it feel like in the stands? I mean, what was the because there were some big ups and downs. What was that swing like, especially when Yost takes them out and and the Royals fall, you know, fall behind? Um, what was it, seven to three at that point? Um, it, it was. There were people all around me yelling, and just so. So taking Shields out was was the right thing to do. Um, he it was only the it was only the the sixth inning, um, but he had given up two straight hits and his pitch count was just below ninety. I think he was at like like eighty eight pitches or something. So it was the right decision to take him out. The weird decision and Ned Yost has been making weird, um, unusual uh, decisions all season long. And that's the number one criticism that people have of him is he just does weird stuff that doesn't make any sense. And this was one of those examples Now the Royals bullpen is awesome in the seventh, eighth and ninth inning. They've got um, this young guy named Herrera who throws hundred miles an hour. Then you've got Wade Davis, who's a converted starting pitcher who's become their setup guy and is in contention for the Cy Young. I mean, as an eighth inning setup guy, his statistics are so good that he's, he's not going to win it because of Clayton Kershaw, but he's, he's, or, or for, um, sorry for, uh, what's his name? Max, uh, what's his name? The American league Scherzer. for the tiger Scherzer. Yeah. But, um, for, for his statistics, it's, it's insane. He's got like a 0.89 ERA. I think in a, in 90 innings of work, he's got 180 strikeouts. He's given up like four runs all season long and no home runs. It's an, it's crazy. 
And then, and then their closer Holland is, is awesome too. Almost as good as Davis. But before that, it's a little shaky. And so if your starter can't get you into the seventh inning, there's some question marks about, about what they're going to do. Until recently, when this young guy named Finnegan has been pitching out of his mind. And so when Yost comes up, I look at my dad and I'm like, they're warming up Ventura. Like, this guy's like 21 years old. He's a rookie. He's, ne- he's a starter. He's never come in in this situation before. And you're going to bring him in with two on, no out in this game? Like, this is not a good decision. Why not Finnegan? And my dad's like, oh, Finnegan's not that good. And I was like, okay. So, of course, Ventura comes in and quickly, uh, I think it's like a f- couple pitches in, gives up a three-run jack, and then proceeds to give up two more runs before all was said and done uh, to put the Royals down seven to three. And uh, man, it was awful. I mean, at that point, people were yelling, screaming. Very few people left. A couple people left. My, my mother-in-law actually texted my wife and said, so you guys should leave now. And uh, <laughs> I was like, yeah, that's, that's not happening. Uh, but there was still a sense of hope. This is one of those teams that... I think I, that's what mother-in-laws are for, is to like... Like, I I love Whitney's family, her mom, but I, and and even seeing this with my dad and others, it's always like that. Just that is a mother-in-law move to be like, you guys should go now. And like a playoff game, like no one else, no father-in-law, no male. Like that's only something a woman would suggest. Is yeah, you guys should leave a tense playoff game. And to her credit, it's seven to three, right? And who who they've got they've got. Um, arguably the best pitcher in the American League going, John Lester, who I, I found out today is something like 88 and 0 with a 4-1, a 4-1 oh, yeah. lead. I mean, it was and he's one of the best pitchers in baseball. I mean, he's a he's won yeah. World Series with the Red Sox. He's he's yeah. the real deal. It's the real deal. And and he wasn't going anywhere. And I think he finished the eighth inning for eventually for them. So um, yeah, people were calling for Ned's head and there was, there was definitely disappointment. I was like, Oh my gosh, I can't believe this just happened. But at the same time, everyone stayed and tried to, you know, pump up the team. And, um, we knew, <laughs> we knew it's only the sixth inning. They got four innings to get four runs. They could do it, but this isn't a team that hits home runs at all. They fewest home runs in baseball. They play small ball, and so they just needed to get guys on base and move them over. And if you watch the game, you know that's exactly what they did. They tied a major league record for, with, with seven steals in the game, and they had seven different guys on their roster each steal a base. Well, um, and there was the extra drama of that was that the Oakland A's uh, started Giovanni Soto, former Cub. That was their first problem. Uh <laughs> Who's who's better at throwing runner base runners out? Even though the other catcher who ended up having to come in when Giovanni Soto got injured is the guy who usually catches Lester. Like there was, uh, I didn't know that. Yeah, there's all this little drama of if mm. Soto hadn't gotten injured, he might have been in there and kept those guys from running. So like this is this is the part of baseball, and to a lesser extent hockey for sure. But baseball, it's it's such a game of of a bounce of a ball. A, uh, you know uh, the the little maneuver, the little someone sprains a thumb, uh, that totally changes the trajectory mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. the plan of the game for Ned Yost, and now he starts sending those guys running because Soto's not in there with a the stronger arm. 
um, just the the strategy that goes into it. And I know it takes time and, and it's not for everybody, but this is the stuff that for me just grips me into baseball and, and, and you do have to buy in and you do have to be willing to sit for a while. And a lot of times it's, it's um, especially in a long season, I, I understand why people don't want to sit and watch every game, but playoff baseball like this, I mean, you can't, it would, it would seem scripted if it was a drama yeah, to have exactly. all of that happening in a game <laughs> in the back and forth. Exactly. Yeah. I had no idea that was, uh, that was the case. We, we noticed, I just noticed that they, um, the announced over the overhead thing that, that they had brought in a new, um, a new, uh, a new catcher, but we didn't know why. Um, how did he hurt his thumb? Uh, something he, he had just sprained it. I think, uh, he had hurt his thumb. I'm trying to remember what they said exactly. I don't, I don't even know what play he did it, but during the course of the first uh, few innings, he hurt his thumb, and then and that's when they brought uh, the backup in, who, again, was the guy that usually catches Lester, but they had started Soto specifically because he's better at throwing base runners out. Oh, I see. Okay. I didn't know that. So, to, to stop what the Royals ended up doing and help them win the game. Like, that's... Oh, won them the game. I mean, there's no, there's no question about it. That's it. That and and it, it's so fun because they're so good that um, seven and zero on stealing bases. It's like it's like an automatic thing. And this is one of those areas where people were questioning Yost because we kept bunting guys over from first and giving up an out. And it's like they can steal. Like, why are you doing this? Yeah. Stop. Uh, even even in the uh, even in the twelfth inning. Um, with uh, 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 what's his name, um, uh, or sorry, in the uh, in the ninth inning with Dyson, who who tied the game at eight, um, they bunted him over from first, and then he stole third. And it's just like, what <laughs> what is wrong with? Why would you do that? Anyway, I don't know. Yeah, well, so, and then and then you get to the final. It ended in twelve, right? The twelfth was yeah, the final yeah. inning. And you get and and they Oakland scores in the top half, correct? Right. Yes. So so they're. I mean, I, I just I was putting myself in the position of a fan and knowing full well what what uh, just humiliating disappointment feels like as a fan of Chicago sports teams, and just knowing at that moment I would be like, all right, now we're done. We, we've we pushed our luck and now yeah. they've scored and there's no way we're going to be able to come back. Right. And I mean, how, how many times do. can you go back to the well with that kind of magic? How many times, you know? And then and then all of a sudden you've got uh, uh, Hosmer who comes up and cracks a triple <laughs> it's just like all right here we go it's gonna it's we're still in this thing we're not dead yet now one one thing uh you know other than than just what that was like the pandemonium when when the final you know uh player crosses the plate to to win the game for you guys but i'm wondering Putting in the context, I know you've lived in a number of different cities and all that. Your dad, uh, though, being a season ticket holder and, and knowing that area well, I have a sense now of L.A. And L.A. is uh, maybe we'll show up to the game in the fourth or fifth inning kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. And D.C. has its own vibe. And, 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 and this franchise there has been there a shorter time, obviously, so not as much sort of history and lore behind it. I'm just wondering. And then, obviously, Chicago knowing very well. Um is like the psyche of a Kansas City fan, and and maybe not even just the Royals, but even the Chiefs. Like, is this a beleaguered people, a people that have been beaten down by loss uh, for many years, or like what? 
talk us up to that moment of elation. They're, they're winning. What, what does this mean to the city of Kansas City? I know they're still the first playoff series, and if they get swept, you know, people might forget about it quickly. But let's say this thing goes on a run and they get deep into the playoffs. What is that what is that going to feel like? What does that mean to the yeah. city of Kansas City? Yeah, I mean, it's going to mean a lot. Um, but this isn't a beleaguered city. Um, they haven't had a lot of support success, um, but they're um, – they're, these are these are tough people, you know, and I I don't want to read too much into it, but you're talking about the descendants of people who left the city to jump in a covered wagon and go off into the middle of Indian country and build a house out of dirt and live there, you know, yeah. and uh, turn and them, make good barbecue and make, eventually make good barbecue. Yeah. Uh, so. Um, there's kind of an attitude of, you know, life is hard and we just deal with it and go, um, and we're going to take the joys that we get. And, uh, and I think that's, that's the attitude when it comes to sports, you know, the chiefs are the big game in town. Arrowhead stadium is widely known to be one of the best places to go to a game um, because of the fans. They just, they just on Monday night football. And this is another element to this. This was so fun. This game is coming the day after the Chiefs destroyed the New England Patriots on national TV on Monday Night Football. And if you've never been to Kansas City, the Royals Stadium is literally a stone's throw from Arrowhead. It's, they're right next door. They share parking lots and, and all the rest. And, uh, and so there were, uh, you know, there's all kinds of talk about the Chiefs' good vibes and kind of like, it was like the pregame for the big game, you know, uh, and they set a, a Guinness world record for the loudest stadium at Monday night football. And wow. then, and then came back the next night and I don't know if they were measuring the crowd noise and it's obviously 30,000 fewer people, but it was, it was pretty loud. <laughs> so what is, they, they win the game. I mean, are people staying around long after and cheering or like, I, I've never been to a, a winning game like that. Yeah. So I have no sense of what people would, would do. I mean, I, not necessarily that you guys might have had to take off, but, but is this, does Kansas city uh, party well into the night on a Monday night uh, or sorry, Tuesday night after winning a game like I mean, that or, or what was it like leaving the stadium? Yeah. We, as we were walking out and we needed to get back cause people had to get to work in the morning, but uh we parked way far and, and the crowd was 90% still in the stadium, probably 20 minutes after the game, just cheering, dancing, just, just, yeah, just going berserk um, for their team. It was awesome. Well, I'm, I'm happy for you. I, I, I have enough humanity in me that I can be happy for other teams and fans <laughs> and, and say that was cool. And ultimately I love the sport of baseball and and to see a game like that and and for the nation hopefully i don't know what the numbers were and it's on tbs but still to put a national spotlight on that sort of all the drama all the ups and downs um this is why i love it and again for a plug for hockey which starts in about eight days that's one of the, the playoff hockey playoff baseball even if you don't like those sports if you want to get into them wait for the playoffs and then sit down and actually watch some of these games 
and it, it'll hook you. It's compelling yeah. stuff. Of course, the NFL is exciting, but a lot of times, unless it's a rare, um, like Arizona, the, the Cardinals and, and Steelers a few years back or you know some last-minute thing, a lot of times these games are settled well in advance. And a, and a bad blowout football game like last year's Super Bowl is just about the most boring thing on this planet. Um, but a, but a, a closely fought MLB playoff game, and I would add NHL playoff game, it's it's high drama, and that's fun stuff. And even somebody who isn't into the game doesn't care about it. Gender, you know, doesn't have to be men or whoever it is, male or female. This is fun. I mean, that yeah. was a fun event last night, and I'm happy that uh, it just, gosh, living vicariously through that and seeing, like, man, what what will it be like if and when the Cubs can ever oh my pull gosh. something together in a real way? <laughs> and, again, you guys haven't won – anything really but this is a big deal and it was a cool game yeah well i'm glad you got to watch it man virgin atlantic huh that's uh that's oh interesting. all right so now we've done with all that stuff let's talk <laughs> about the real thing here all right so the, the third terminal at lax some might remember is where there was a shooting about a year ago or so um some disgruntled former employee ran in and and tragically shot some people i believe a couple people actually died and a few others were injured hmm. No one who knows LAX was surprised that it happened at the third terminal. It, it is like it's three because it's a third world country in that terminal. Uh, it is it is the international terminal is actually, I think, four or a different one. But the third is all of the discount airlines. OK. And people are just sleeping on the floor like everywhere. There's like goats being herded through the area. I mean, it's just it is a free for all. And, and none of this is meant in any sort of like racial attack or ethnic insensitivity. All I'm saying is the bulk of the people who use the, 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 the airlines in this terminal are used to operating in sort of a third world mentality of like we just lay out our blankets of food. We sleep wherever we can. People are screaming. There's babies sobbing and running around everywhere. I mean, it, it, you feel like you're flying through New Delhi or something. And that's where Richard Branson's Virgin America set up shop. <laughs> Mr. Cool Hip, you know, I'm British and my I have the hair of Aslan the Lion guy <laughs> sleeping with models. That's where he plops his airline down in the cool, trendy Los Angeles. So we we just decided we're never flying any airlines in this place again. It smells terrible. It's dirty. Then we get on Virgin America, which is supposed to be cool. And, 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 you know, it's, again, it's Richard Branson and it's sleek and everything, you know, so, so it's great that it has TVs and you can watch a lot of stuff for free. That's fine. The seats are smaller. They charge you more and they tell you that it's uh, for better seating. But all they mean by that is that you get to go on early and by early, they mean the 10th group let in <laughs> so, like nothing. It was horrible, horrible experience. Never flying Virgin America again. Um, or, or whatever else. I, I think Spirit Airlines and, and a few others are in that same terminal. It, it, was, it was a disaster. I, 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 now, the flight, thankfully, wasn't delayed. We got back, but it was one of those things where um, you just wonder how, how, like, how, how are things run this poorly in this country in the year 2014? <laughs> 
I, I just flew from LAX on American through the American terminal a week earlier to Nashville and had the greatest flight experience of my life. They have plugs everywhere to plug, hmm. you know, charge your phones. Hmm. Even on the flights, I don't know if all airlines do this, but on American, they have uh, you know, plugs to be able to plug stuff in and charge while you're on the flight. So American or Delta from here on out. You, you're a Delta guy, aren't you? I am a Delta guy, yeah. And I've, I've, been pretty, uh, I've been pretty satisfied with Delta overall. It's not a perfect airline, but they're starting to do more with the plugs on planes, which for me is like the biggest no-brainer. And I mean, how is, that, how, is it, how is it 2014 and that's like a novel thing? Yeah, uh, to what, find on a plane. what is happening? Why is this such a, a struggle? My phone ended up dying because the Virgin America did have USB ports under their seats, but they go, oh, yeah, the left side of the plane isn't working. Oh, my god! Guess which side of the plane I was sitting on. <laughs> and you're just like, what? Uh, just get me home, please. Um, but but we, we were in New York, as I mentioned earlier. We saw you. We saw you there and our friend Luke Moon and some other folks for a cool event. Michelle Bachman ended up showing up randomly to our event. Uh, we have another event coming up soon with Senator Tim Scott in South Carolina and then another one with uh, Hugh Hewitt and some folks in Dallas. So we've been traveling a lot, and I I'm, I know you fly often. I'm just wondering what – we had a good time in New York. We got to go to Little Italy um, before our flight and grab some delicious lunch and walk around a little bit. But what – Nashville's a popular city. I know people always say Seattle. What's what's one or two of the best places you've been or, or a place that you actually say, oh, that's good. I'm heading there. I, I'm actually looking forward to this. Hmm. Uh, that's a good question. Um, uh, Seattle was on that list. Um, I was excited to go to Seattle the first time I went. Um, uh, what about food wise? Is there any place where you go? I can't wait to get there because there's a restaurant or a, or a type of food that I'm dying for. Gosh, man, it, it Vegas is that <laughs> <laughs> for some buffets, <laughs> dude? Na I'm telling. Well, the reason I'm asking this question and then my contribution to it is just to say Nashville is awesome, and I know it's become one of these sort of cool, trendy places. Not even if people have been there, they everyone. Wouldn't you agree that everyone now, especially under the age of forty, just has it in their mind that Nashville's like the coolest place? Yeah, it's like definitely it has that vibe. Yeah, yeah, it definitely does. It definitely well, does. I, I got to spend a few days there and actually have my own car, drive around, try you know try some restaurants. Uh, my business partner Noah and I, we had such a good time there. Um, we did an event there with Joe Scarborough and Eric Erickson and and Russell Moore and the guys at ERLC and had a fun time. The the food there is amazing if like southern comfort biscuit they just handing you biscuits everywhere you walk in that city the place <laughs> is lousy with them and i i have to say that i've i've bought the nashville I'm, i've drank the kool-aid uh, you're, you're is, on board with nashville city. huh now that surprises the food me a little is delicious. i highly recommend visiting there and if you do make it's a drive about 20 minutes outside of the city it's called the loveless cafe Everything's homemade, like old grandma's making food in the back, and it is worth, you know, trekking a little bit outside of the city for. Yeah, all right. That's good to know. I pulled up. I, I took a red-eye flight that got in at 4.50 a.m., and it was supposed to get in at 6 a.m., and I had nothing to do for about seven hours so I could get into my hotel. And I was like, oh, you know, usually if a flight gets in earlier, like, great, here we go. And now I, I had an extra, now I had nine hours instead of eight. <laughs> And so I just said, look, this place is far away. I've heard good things. I'm going to drive over there. Just assuming 
that it's a breakfast place. It's going to be open at 6 a.m. by the time I get out there. Of course, it's not open till 7. So I sit in the parking lot listening to Tony Kornheiser podcast <laughs> episodes like a homeless person. And that, that, that's, that's open, exactly what homeless people are. Yeah, they, yeah homeless people are driving. <laughs> they upgraded me to a, a 2015 Chevy Suburban. So I was driving around a brand new car listening nice. to my podcast. That's just what homeless people do. <laughs> So I, I go in and they asked me, oh, you know, where are you from? And I said, Los Angeles. And they treated me as if I had said, I am Tom Cruise and I'm filming a movie here. They were like, Mr. Hollywood, you know, what do you like to eat? They brought me out $50 worth of food and charged me $15. Wow. Wow. They, they, they were making, when I said I like fried chicken, they made me fried chicken at 7.15 a.m. <laughs> And I said I like banana pudding, and they went back and, like, got in their freezer and brought out the stuff that's usually only for dinner. Dude, that is amazing. This is why we moved to Kansas, to be honest. I mean, this country is not going to hell in a handbasket. There are still good people. They just live in between California and Washington, D.C. It's it's true. Well, Nashville – reminded me of that fact because even when i go home to chicago i'm in my own little bubble and and doing my own thing and kind of eating at the same places but to go to a city like that and have some time to cruise around and explore it and you're like it's beautiful here uh i went by jack white's uh third man record studio uh which is also a store that you can walk around in i went by the johnny cash museum um, just the, the music and the vibe of that town. There's sports if you want to watch sports. There's the university sort of college life. There's tons of great churches. And I, I don't know. I, I guess I can see why people move there. Now, granted, I never will move there. Let's be clear about that. <laughs> but I can see why other humans do. So just to close things out, we were going to talk about some other issues, but it's already about a half hour, and, and I, let's just wrap up here. But I do have to know, talking about food, have you have you made any decisions yet on what the best barbecue is in Kansas City? Can you make a recommendation for the folks out there? Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with uh, my favorite is Oklahoma Joe's, um, and this will be good news to uh, anyone from DC who's listening to this because it just was announced that they're opening a store in Washington, D.C. Huh. What do you so, recommend there? What's the, what's the best out. cut of meat? Well, they're, they're famous for their um, uh, burnt ends, um, which, frankly, aren't my favorite. I, uh, they're fine, um, but I usually go with uh, just a pulled pork sandwich. That's classic. That's good stuff. I yeah. actually, um, I always used to eat pulled pork at barbecue places, and, and I still love it. But man, like a good brisket sandwich, uh, mm. just puts that's that scratches me right where I itch. <laughs> to use a disgusting metaphor when talking about food, brisket um, is a uh, that's like a Texas barbecue, right? Yeah, More. I guess so. Um, the best brisket I've ever had, or yeah, it's definitely probably been in Texas. I know Austin has some famous places there, Franklin's, which was featured in that movie Chef. Oh, John Favreau this summer. Um, but I don't know. We, we recently went to something called First Fridays, and it's in Venice on Abbott Kinney, sort of the main thoroughfare in, in Venice Beach. And uh, they it's about, I think, 30 or more food trucks the first Friday evening of each month all set up shop on the street there on Abbott Kinney. And you can just walk around, and, and 
It's, I mean, every type of food. You know, L.A. is famous for its food trucks, and it's good stuff. I mean, it is high-quality food. I ate a giant, like, styrofoam bowl full of homemade macaroni and cheese with brisket on top with melted cheese on top. Okay, that that, that sounds all right. <laughs> I then slept for four days. But, <laughs> but I mean, the, the, I... I, I, I say it sort of jokingly because I don't want people to fully know how true it is, but the main reason I started Hashtag Productions was to travel the country and eat good food. <laughs> That's our favorite part. And even that bar when we hung out uh, Monday night watching the football game, even just little things like that it has you know nice food and good drink selection and stuff. Like It's fun to explore all these different cities, and, and it's, just, it's always cool to kind of sit back and be like, this is someone's regular spot. Like This yeah. is a place where people in this neighborhood come and hang out and to get to go and try different things. And especially in the South with barbecue and we want, you know, Kansas city, places like that. Um, LA has some of that, but it's just so we're so sushi heavy out here. Everything's sushi. Everything's all the, 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 you know, insert joke about kale here, all that kind of stuff. It's nice. Not just the people around the country to meet nice people, but to eat food that, uh, as, as my uncle used to say, would put hair on your chest. Um, I didn't know you knew my friend Kale from yeah, LA. Yeah. Actually, that's great. That's probably one of the more popular names nowadays, <laughs> given all the stupid things people call their children. Um, well, we're going to have to get you guys out here. I know we've talked about it for some time, and I know you were, you were here for the wedding, but um, we're going to have to do an event and, and just do a barbecue tour uh, one of these weekends. Let's do it. Or right, maybe, we maybe, to... maybe the World Series. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, uh, think of uh, even just hearing that word, uh, you know, it's football, football reigns. Football is the biggest sport. I get that in the country, but like the World Series, man, there's still there's, I, there's nothing cooler than that. Yeah. Just that I